Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Shortest Path podcast. This week we're joined by Will Stowe, who is a senior sneakers livestream content manager and is an all-purpose versatile creative. This week we'll be talking about his journey from studying forensic chemistry to working in retail and finally working in Nike, leading their livestream efforts through the sneakers app. And in this conversation, we're talking about a whole host of different things, especially around the whole fashion industry. And I'm lucky enough to get some fashion tips myself from the main man himself. In this episode, you can expect to gain an understanding of the evolving landscape of fashion and streetwear, the pressures of societal norms and expectations, and the importance of personal authenticity, and especially how you can find your own style, your own voice, and your own originality in this space. We'll also talk about the role of community and shared interests, the complexity of career choices, and the current state of brand collaborations and content creation. So, let's get to the show. Yeah, bro. So obviously you're like the number one fashionista <laughs> and all of that, yeah. And if you go through your Instagram, yeah. all of this drip, yeah? yeah. The same, the same background, <laughs> new drip. Same wall. Same wall. Same wall. My first question is to you, like, how big is your wardrobe? Oh uh, man, it's not as big as actually no, it's bigger than it's ever been now. Let me not lie. Yeah. I've actually got storage. But it's it's not massive. A lot of the time, you've probably seen what I've worn. And I've just remixed it really well. <laughs> so I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I think I learned from like a very young age to to diversify what I'm wearing mm. and then to figure out different ways to wear things as well. Explain a bit more about that. So in terms of like, let's, let's keep it real, like where we are, I mean, I lived in Hackney, houses aren't massive. Do you know what I mean? Your wardrobe can only be so big, mm. really. Do you know what I mean? Even your sneaker collection, after a while, unless you're putting them in your kitchen and your bathroom <laughs> and stuff, can only be so big. So you just got to think a little bit more um, strategically about what you're wearing. So mm. it's like, cool, I've worn this T-shirt today. If I take a picture of it today with these shorts and these trainers, if I wear it again, it might look a bit strange, isn't it? Mm. But if I change like up how I've worn it today, I might place it with something a bit more smarter. Yeah. So then it just looks like something entirely different. Sometimes people approach me and like, where'd you get this from? And I'm like, you've seen this so many times. You Seriously? don't even realise, yeah. Like, literally, it happens so many times. It's interesting. Especially yeah. with like things like, um, there was this pair of shades I bought recently from SNS. Mm. They were somebody's in collaboration with SNS and they were like on sale for like £45 or something like that. I wore them bear in Ghana, after Ghana. I got to London, like... People are like, oh, I've worn them in London as well. Everyone's like, oh, where'd you get them from? Sick. I'm like, bro, mm. you've seen this. Like, you've seen a bit. <laughs> so it's like the whole outfit yeah. put together. Yeah. It's interesting because then I guess it's like, you'd have maybe in one outfit, it's the ma- main piece or yeah, the main yeah, yeah, draw. Yeah, yeah. And another a hero one piece is all the time, yeah. Yeah, yeah, There's always yeah. a hero piece, yeah. There's like things you'll always see, like I would never take off my rings. I might even change around how I wear them, but you always see that. But yeah, you're right. There is always like a hero piece that kind of stands out. Mm. No, the rings are serious. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'd like to think I could be a fashionista. Nah, everyone has their own style. You have your own style as well. Yeah, but the thing is, I feel like when it comes to style and being original, my thing is my style changes. Yeah, There'll be yeah. some days I want to dress like a hipster. Yeah, Another day I might be a bit more, bit more preppy. Yeah, yeah. Another day I just can't be bothered kind of thing. And what I realised when it comes to me for style, it's got to be comfortable. Yes. It's got to be easy. Yes. Like I don't have to think about it. Yeah. Because yeah. then, then you feel forced. You're walking around looking at what you're wearing because you're exactly. unsure. Exactly. And I don't yeah, feel yeah. good. Do you know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bonus points if it doesn't need ironing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Even though I'm ironing all the time, but bonus points yeah, yeah, if it doesn't iron. Um, and another thing as well is like trousers yeah, yeah, yeah. are my enemy because- yeah. Trousers bro, or jeans? Both. Oh, I swear. Trying to get, because I've got like a slim waist, big thighs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Typical black man problem. Yeah, we know. Like, it's just hard. Yeah. And then like, especially jeans, bro, there was one time, I can't remember what for what party it was, yeah. And then I was just going through like 10, 15 pairs of jeans. Like, none, of banging, dro- yeah, yeah. none of them could bang. None of them could bang. My wife was just laughing at me. Yeah. Though. <laughs> Do you know what it is? I think that's, that's another thing as well. As you get older, yeah. you basically start to clock proportions mm. and sizes that work for you. So mm. like, you know, as soon as you buy a pair of denim, you know what shoes in your wardrobe drops perfectly with this. Yeah. Or what shirt pairs perfectly with your, your denim because you know where it's going to sit <laughs> waist-wise. Is it going to come down to your thigh? Is it going to sit just on the See, waist? See, I, well? I don't think so that. I don't think that's easy. Because, like, bro, for the most part, I, just, oh, I don't know. People don't believe me. I'm like, a lot of the time I don't look in the mirror. <laughs> Wait, what? I promise you, a lot of time I don't look in the mirror yeah. just because I know how well my wardrobe 
is kind of like That's set up it. and I know what sits well with what. Because mm. a lot of the time it's like, it's the same proportion, it's just different colours basically. Mm. So how often do you like switch up your wardrobe, go shopping? Is it you see something or do you have I like, kind of like periods? It's kind of like constant, but like yeah. in bits and pieces. Because I'm always seeing something that I like or whatever. Um, I never do like a long, big haul of shopping, to be mm. honest with you. But I always like find a deal, see something that I like and like pick things up. Um, but in terms of like changing out, it's now like, are definitely a benefiting from like having storage if you can afford it mm. do it it's the best thing ever i take things out that's the winter <laughs> that stays there basically and i know what i'm dealing with for the summer same thing when it comes to winter time take out summer put for for winter time like layers and knitwear and bigger jackets and all that kind of stuff or whatever so yeah it's just like really understanding what works well for you so like i knew for from like maybe i mean i feel like i can diversify what i like to wear but I don't feel most comfortable in like really tight jeans. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's just my shape and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Whatever. It's like yeah. accentuate certain things that I shouldn't be accentuating. <laughs> personally. So like, yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit mad. You just know what works for your figure. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, he moved from there. When did you like notice you had an eye for say style design or wanted to take more attention, more uh, time for it? I, I always have to attribute things to like my parents and like my my family in general. Like my mom and her my her brother, my uncle, like seeing pictures of them, like they've always been like stylish people. My dad as well, can't even lie, like he still has it. Um but then I think when I started like noticing what I liked away from what my mum start starred me in was probably when I got to Oh, I want to say college, but probably more secondary school. Like maybe year nine mm. is when I started like turning the tide a little bit. Like, okay, cool. I see what everyone's wearing. How can I make this a little bit yeah. of my own, basically? And started like changing things a little bit. Started wearing like ties, like in school, like doing like the the shirt and the jumper kind of thing as well. Mm. But then like pairing it with like dunks as well at the same mm. time and then like throw a blazer on there. But that's all testament to like what he was probably seeing from like Jay and Kanye and all that kind of stuff in that period where they were yeah, doing the preppy style kind, the of, preppy kind of style yeah. things as well. And then to be honest with you, bro, as well, a lot of my style kind of um, exploration as like a, a young person in Hackney was from not wanting to be grouped <laughs> with a gang, basically, to be honest <laughs> with you. It's like, I know that you're probably going to see somebody in a tracksuit and assume they're on something or mistakenly catch them for something. Mm -hmm. If I'm wearing all these colours and if I'm wearing it a different way, you could hardly even see me at this point. But that's interesting because you could think it conversely, right? Mm. In the sense that me wearing all these bright colours, I'm essentially making myself available yeah, to yeah, be yeah, rubbed. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So th I mean, yeah, there is that as well. But I think there also is like, you have your street smart as well. Mm. So it's like, I'm going to be noticed but I'm going to be aware and I'm not going to be present in places that I know <laughs> that things are going <laughs> to happen like that do you know what I'm saying yeah. like obviously it can happen anywhere but like I'm making sure okay cool when I'm in school if I'm in Mare Street if I don't need to be um, by like Grove or by Clapton or whatever it is like for any reason I just don't need to be there mm. do you know what I mean and if I am I'm in someone's house or I'm with people who like you know everyone kind of respects so I can get a blag to kind of move freely yeah, yeah, how yeah. I want and I, again I'm not associated with like my area in that way like I love Hackney but no one can say that I'm banging for Gang banger. do you know what I'm saying like <laughs> that has never been me do you know what I'm saying so yeah, yeah I think I, I've always had the freedom for that and I, I, I will say as well the confidence in which you do something allows you to kind of move more freely. So like, I remember like walking through Broadway in slimmer jeans or uh, what was it at the time? People were wearing plimsolls and mm. some of those American apparel hoodies and some of the Topshop ones and getting looks, but then you have to be confident in what you're wearing because totally. as soon as you, it could be like a, a, a slight look that you give yourself that opens the door to, why are you wearing Probably. that bro? Yeah. Like why are you just, and it's like, Everyone just accepts mm. like how I dress now. Like they know it's different. They might make banter a little bit, but it won't go further than that. Well, that's the thing because you talk about confidence, yeah. yeah. And then the confidence to be unique and individual in the style of clothing that you're wearing. Yeah. How did you build up your confidence to express yourself that way? I think, um, I think a lot of it was in being sure of myself first. So I think for like a lot of my when I was in primary school and then going into like year seven, year eight, I wasn't sure of myself. And then there was a period of like being called names and being bullied as well. Um, and I don't know what the switch was, if I'm honest with you. I think I, I, think I started finding out what I loved mm. to do in terms of like, not even like career-wise, just kind of things I enjoyed doing, things I love listening to. And then started to really like 
have a different picture of myself aesthetically to like the point where I was like, okay, you can't tell me that I don't look good because I know I'm fire right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, and then you start to explore more and then you feel comfortable in it. Then you find like a, you find kind of like your community in that sense as well. So I started finding people who liked like similar things as well. So there's a guy I met when I started going to KICC called Agostino. And he showed me brands like 12 Bar and Supreme and Hundreds and 10 Deep at the time. Um, and then a friend of mine called Lammy, like she was really into like going to Camden and like seeing a bit more alternative things basically. Mm. So you find kind of, um, I don't know if it's solace with like other people and like thinking, okay, cool. I'm not alone in these thoughts basically. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's a community of people who think similarly might not be exact same way, but we have these things in common. And then you just kind of like, you cut through and you're just like, you know what? I can stay in this path by myself. Anyone who wants to question me, you can. I'm still going to dress the same. I'm not going to change how I'm dressing tomorrow. Yeah, no, you know no, I, mean? I like that. I like that. That makes sense. Yeah. And then, did you ever ma- imagine yourself working in the industry? That it's it's funny. I think I, I had different phases of like different things I thought I could do. I'm pretty sure, like at one point, I wanted to start a brand. I'm pretty sure at one point I wanted to be, I don't know, probably some kind of creative director or social media or something. But I just didn't know what was available in terms of like what was possible. And also, I didn't know who's who. Like, where do I go to speak to these people? Um, a lot of things didn't seem very accessible, if that makes sense. Um, but then as time went on, started like putting myself out there even more. Like uh, I started going into stores, speaking to people, finding out about things, um, understanding like the inner workings of like some places as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but then at the same time, it's like this is around like college time, going to college, about to go for uni. My mum's not judgmental, but also they need to see something. But then also the, the the aunties around are gonna be like, oh, so what's what's your son doing? What's, his, what's he studying? You yeah. know what I'm saying it's like, am I gonna say, oh, I want to be in streetwear and fashion? And it's like I don't even know what I'm talking about. This point, it's like I like it, but mm. I don't know what's what's there. So it's like I kind of this is where I wasn't so confident. I'd say is where I followed a path of just being in education that didn't potentially go in a direction that it could have gone because I felt like everybody should be in education, but follow a path that has an end goal to what you want to do. Mm. So a lot of creatives or a lot of fashion people um, are great at thinking, but when it comes to business, they yeah. lack. And not everyone can do everything, but like I feel like there should be foundations of everything. Do you know what I mean? So like a lot of brands will get themselves into heavy debt. A lot yeah. of shops will get themselves into heavy debt. A lot of people don't know how to handle money, um, taxes and all that kind of stuff. Things I'm still finding out about right now, to be mm. honest with you. Um, you'll read about like different things as well from people as well. Like um, it's not a secret, you've probably seen like maybe a, a write up in the cut about PMOS. Like he was definitely the shining example for like what a black designer was supposed to be in this new age. And then like finances were looking a bit crazy. <laughs> like wasn't paying people correctly and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, man, it's just, yeah, it's one of those things that I wish I had more of a steer on. And, like, I studied forensic chemistry and applied science. And, like, those were just, like, tick boxes to just, like... Those those are big tick boxes. They're big tick boxes, yeah. And I wasn't particularly <laughs> an expert in any of them, to be honest with you. But these were just things that I was like, okay, cool, I'm going to go college and study this or whatever. I struggle through it, but, like, I don't want anyone to try and say I'm not doing anything or anything substantial in my life or mm. have my mum feeling like she has to answer in a certain way when people are asking. And for the most part, those people are always going to talk. Like, there's, there was an auntie that asked me the other day, like, I saw in Tesco, and she's always done this thing of like, oh, so what are you doing now? Like, why are you not studying for instance? Like, I don't want to study for instance. Like, <laughs> I don't want to. It's done. It's been, it's been like 10 years, bro. Like, yeah. let it go. Do you yeah. get what I'm saying? Yeah. But like, I clocked, like, especially with Nigerians, yeah? The way you have to like shut them up is say something extravagant. Mm. Like, she's about to say, oh, how's work? I'll be like, just came back from Copenhagen. She's like, ah. They're traveling. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And to them, I could, bro, like. It's like the status of what you're doing is more important yeah. than what you're doing. Do you get what I'm saying? I'd, mm. been, I'd tell her, like, I didn't even say, co- I didn't even say, co- I said, oh, I've just, just been traveling. Bro, I could have been going to Birmingham, all she knows. <laughs> but it sounded yeah. huge in her eyes. Do you get what I'm saying? And mm. a lot of the time, like, um, our, our culture is amazing, but a lot of it is flexing for other people's sake and rather than, like, kind of looking at what you love to do, basically, unfortunately. But I think that period, I wouldn't take it back. I just wish I did it differently. Mm. Well, I mean, you've done the, because you've done your degree in forensic mm. chemistry. So did you feel pressure to follow that route? Or was it just like... When I was in the class, yeah, mm-hmm. I did. I think um, it was, I was surrounded by some super scary smart people. Yeah. Like people that know pi to the power of whatever. I don't know why they know these figures, basically. They were just really, really intelligent. Um, and I just, as a, as a black man... As a, as a guy from Hackney, I was like, I don't want to be the dumbest in the class. Yeah. 
but like I couldn't keep up. Do you get what I'm saying? I was barely like getting through. But it was it was definitely a pressure to kind of like stay on it. Like you start something, you need to complete it. Like you can't be that person that's like you know dropped out because a lot of people dropped out that course. Mm. It was not a joke. Yeah, <laughs> so, you don't want to be that person. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But <clears throat> for the most part, I also didn't want to let my parents down, man. Do you know what I mean? Like um, I've I basically fought to get into the course. Um, are going away as the first person in my house to like, well, not first person in my house, but one first of my siblings to go to uni as well. I'm the oldest as well. So it's like got a kind of set precedent as well. Mm. So there was that pressure as well. But it was really interesting while I was at uni, I, I was really friendly with these guys from UAE, like really, really, really great guys. And obviously I think they were aware of certain things that I was wearing, but they noticed like, like you know, you wear shoes that are a little bit different to everyone else's. They're like, you should be doing fashion. Mm. And I used to get offended. Really? Yeah, because I was like, you're trying to say I'm not smart enough for this course, basically. Mm. But they saw what, like, was quite evident to them. It's like, you don't belong in this course. like, And it wasn't even a rude thing. But because I, I was lacking confidence in, like, what I was supposed to be, well, what I was doing, I saw it as, like, an insult, basically. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, That's interesting. That's interesting, though, yeah. because um, they saw what everyone else can, can yeah, see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they had the confidence to say to you, like, why are you not doing yeah, what you're yeah, clearly yeah. born to do. Yeah. You know but at I mean? the same time, it's like, I still didn't know what I could do in that space as well. So it's mm. like, okay, I'll do that. And what do I do though? What so next? What I mean? Yeah, what next? I can't yeah. design. Like, I can't, And I didn't think about all the other things that you could do within this space, basically. It wasn't second nature mm. at the time. So then upon a graduation, did you try and get a job within forensic chemistry? I did. I think I, it's funny. I, I was trying to, at one point, I almost was thinking, yeah, I'm going to work for the police. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. So like, I was, um, I mean, obviously, like, I love my area and I love everyone I grew up with as well. And obviously I'm very aware of like how we relate to um, law enforcement as a people. Um, and I was like, I can be the person that changes that. Mm. Do you know what I mean? If, if it just needs somebody that understands from where we're from. Yeah. And I remember speaking to a couple of people who were just like, mm, it makes sense, but like, you know, the police in the UK, especially in London, they do have like, you know, a racist kind of connotation to them as well. Not all, but it's, it's definitely there. So like my mate was sending me articles of people who were like arrested and like made into cells and didn't come out alive. Um, people who were arrested on the roads and like, you know, beaten to a pulp and all that kind of stuff. And, Obviously, you're aware of these things, but then, like, you're thinking, this happens in America. Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? And, but then you're seeing it happening in Brixton, in yeah. Hackney, and it's like, this is kind of mad, basically. But then also, just speaking to people, just like, you know, what about if somebody, like, you know, from the area decided to work with the police? And some of the responses were like, nah, man, like, this and the other, well, like, well. It's, <laughs> it's an interesting dilemma, though, because I do feel like someone needs to do it from the area. So 100% needs someone to needs to do it. Do. do you get what I'm saying? Because, yeah, I'm trying to think, like, I, do I know any police officers? I think I know one person, but I don't even know what type of police officer he yeah, it's, is. It's tough, man. Yeah. It's tough. And like, even there's a friend of mine, he's currently working for the police, but he's he's still a bit like, keep a hush kind of thing, basically. That's, that's what I feel. I feel like if someone joins, if someone black or from the culture joins the police, I feel like the police culture dilutes them. Yeah. And so they no longer become an asset for us. Yeah, the force, yeah, But yeah. they're a force. They're an asset for the force. Yeah. I think, kind of I mean, it probably, yeah, you're right. It probably dilutes them. More might work the other way is like, if you're seeing that you're seen as this person that's trying to penetrate a change, are you for us? Are you against us on the police side? So then you might find yourself in another danger with your, your team, basically. Like, yeah. okay, cool. Like we're out on a job, but... We're not going to back you because you're for yeah exactly you yeah. Know what I'm saying when things happen so that's another madness as well. But I remember I went on this training thing and uh, it was about like becoming a police person or whatever. And I remember speaking to this uh, mixed race girl and I was asking a question like, "What's it like when you live in an area like a Hackney or just area of crime or whatever at the time or whatever, and you're part of the police?" And everyone's giving me this funny, these funny like fairy tale answers. And like she was the only one that understood. She was like, "Yeah." I grew up in an area like that. My mum's been a police superintendent or whatever it is. And I got bullied a lot in school. Do you mm. know what I'm saying? She was like, it's, it's not easy, it's tough. Do you know what I'm saying? So she gave me a right answer. And then also I did like this training of like, um, it was like a fitness test and a competency test as well. Just super easy. Mm. And I was just like, this is not, this is not work. It, it? Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I even said to him, I was like, don't you think this training is a bit easy? Like it works for us. And I was like, I, I don't know if it does like, yeah. kind of thing. But yeah, that dream went away because I was like, I think I'm trying to hold the weight of the world on my shoulders. And like this, this fight isn't for me. I don't feel confident to like step into space. Do you know what I mean? I feel like a lot of people I, I'm around 
wouldn't feel comfortable around me. Mm. Do you know what I mean? The community. No, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. And then you can't be showing off your drip as well. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's true, it's true. Probably have to have a private Instagram at that point. Do you know what I mean? Very different. Yeah. Okay, cool. So then, because I imagine, even though you decided to not go that route, because of, because it sounded like you put a lot of pressure on yourself mm. during university to make sure that you finished the course in itself, right? Mm. Um, were you feeling a little bit disappointed then? Yeah, I think I was. Because, uh, yeah, everyone was like getting jobs in like labs or in the force and all this kind of stuff or whatever. And I was just like, what am I, like, what am I going to do? Mm. Kind of thing. And then I just started applying for jobs randomly, like just whatever was there. And I was like, I don't want to go into retail, man. Like I've been working retail from like uh, college or whatever. And I was like, I need to land something or whatever. But after a while I was like, I just need to work. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? So picked up a retail job. And then I was just like, just kind of in a space of like, I don't know what I'm actually doing right now. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I remember I was working for Calvin Klein at uni mm. um, in the like underwear, kind of one of their stores, it was just, it's just underwear. Then like I got a transfer out to the London store on Regent Street and moved there. And in that period kind of like started to open my eyes up to a few things. So then there was a J Crew that opened next door and I was like, okay, J Crew's pretty cool. They have like a lot of these... Um, Exclusive New Balance, like limited to J Crew. They have the Nike Kill Shot, great shoes. They have um, a lot of suit and tailor and stuff. Like really, really cool American store. I was like, let me go work there for a bit. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here still as well. Do you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I'm enjoying this. And I was like, what do I do with it? Then I started meeting people. And I met one particular guy called Lego, real good friend of mine now. And I remember seeing his blog posts and he was working in the basement at the time, like in the, in the stock room. And I remember before he told me his name, we were just talking and he was like, oh, by the way, I'm Lawrence, so people call me Lego. And I was like, Mr. Lego? I was like, what are you doing here? He was like, bro, it's just one of them stops in life, basically, that happens or whatever. So I learned a lot from him. There's a lot of guy, a lot, a lot that I took from him. There's a guy called Nicholas Walter, who I met along the way as well. Mm-hmm. And they started to expose to me like agency life or working in a store that wasn't just a store that was more like a boutique where you could essentially activate things on your own as well where they had a closer relationship with the brands as well. So Present at the time was one of those stores that was the only store that sold Stone Island, um, Shadow Project, um, sold CP Company and like Tensi, which is another kind of offshoot of those designers. Um, A lot of Japanese brands as well. But because it was so close to the brands, it was easy to be like, okay, new collections coming in, let's do like a party, let's do a rollout, let's post on social media in a certain way with like some of the um, the styling and all that kind of stuff. So started getting involved in that slowly and slowly and I was like, okay, cool, there's something here mm. that can be created. And then like it just eventually got me in a space where I started speaking to agencies as well. And then like from there, then my eyes was like, okay, cool. I kind of know where I'm going now. But before that, there was periods of like, okay, I'm having a breakdown basically. But not, <laughs> I didn't know it myself, but I'm kind of having like a bit of a breakdown because I'm like, I want to do this, I want to do that. I'm not sure. Yeah. The Nick one day sat me down and was like, bro, you're just chatting shit right now. Like, chill out, figure out what you like, basically. It's, it might not come right away, but you're on the path to doing it. And like, yes, like maybe you're getting overlooked by other people or whatever, but doesn't mean you should stop what you're doing or like start stressing out. Do you get what I'm saying? He was like, look at what you can do immediately. So one of the things I was realizing I was good at was writing so started writing um for something I created myself which is Words by Stowe it was a page where I just literally put my poetry on there but I was doing things like on old phones and stuff like that whatever really short pieces and people were noticing it in a small way I think the page probably has less than 500 followers but it got me the attention it got the attention of an agency that put me on an Adidas project that really changed the trajectory of like everything and I found out just like that yeah it wasn't even immediate though but it was like I remember one day he came, a guy called Ollie, Ollie Danger came in and was like, oh, I've got this project. Um, you write poetry, right? And I was like, yeah. He was like, oh, you could write copy then. And I didn't even really know what copy meant. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So he was like, oh, I've got this project. Parley, Adidas, um, we need to write about how um, we can get people in the city to care about the sea. And it's like, I don't even care about the sea. <laughs> like, I don't see it. So it's like, but I just saw it as like, I'm writing a poem. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's like, okay write it in a way that's catchy, it rhymes or whatever, and it done really well. Um, became like a kind of mission statement for the project and it was across stores, there was a video for it and all that kind of stuff. And then my eyes were open to like, okay, I could be a creative strategist because I can write, I can think of ideas as well and I could really navigate in this space. But before that, I was just like, 
I don't know what <laughs> there is to do here yeah. kind of thing. And I was applying for things. I was getting angry that I weren't getting them. But in hindsight now, it's like, probably was writing bullshit on those CVs. Basically. <laughs> if you got into those roles, you might have got fired. Doesn't mm. matter. Do you know what I mean? But I thought you got to give it a shot, right? No, 100%. Yeah. 100%. You got to give everything a shot and just find out and figure out. But I, I remember like kind of seeing roles and I'm like, that person doesn't deserve it. I should be in that position. And it's like, that's the worst thing you can do. Start comparing yourself. Mm. Do you know what I mean? What's for you won't pass you, I, I think. Um, as long as you're working consistently. How did you try and like train your mind for that? Oh, it took time, bro. Like it took time. Um, I would say I, it wasn't just me. It's definitely, again, a lot of people that were in support. Like again, Lego, Nick, um, even Ollie, uh, mate of Michael, Ben. There's a lot of people who were like um, supporting in that in that way. I remember there was a, there was a role at Converse that came out and I, I was told about it and I was like, yeah, this is, I think I've got this like, yeah. I sent my CV to my mates. So it was like, yeah, sick. Went for the interview. I was being asked questions that I thought were really interesting at the time. And I, I don't know, I can say now that I don't think they were the most, um, they were the most progressive questions to get the role. Um, <laughs> I need to know more. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was interesting questions. Let's just leave it there, basically. But yeah, they, they were the most progressive questions at the time. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, maybe I just wasn't prepared to like answer them as well. But obviously, every interviewer can answer questions in different ways, obviously. But I answered to the best of my ability, and maybe I didn't as well at the same time. But I don't know if they were the most like progressive questions to ask at the time. But I didn't get the position, and I knew someone that did. And I was like, how? Like, do you know what I'm saying? And I kept like, going over it for time and I remember my mate Bain came in he was like look man like where you're at now doesn't mean that you can't go past this role right now like they know what they're looking for you're not that person right now but your journey is probably past this role mm. and thank god I didn't get that job <laughs> because yeah. maybe I would have been trapped in kind of like a, a um, I don't know like a tunnel of like just seeing what was in front of me mm. or might got frustrated and got fired like who knows do you know what I mean I think the journey definitely was just picking up then and there was a lot for me to learn in that space and I needed to stay there for some time. Yeah, and because it sounds to me as well, where you were at the time, you were working around, say, the ones who make the decisions. Oh, man, yeah, it was like... And collaborating with a lot of different brands. So, it was great, yeah. yeah, it was a great time. I mean, even just like seeing people that came through the door, I say it all the time at Present, we saw Virgil come through, we saw Nike teams come through, we saw Tommy Hilfiger come, teams come through. Um, I remember the owners of Avex came through at one point. It was just a lot of teams coming through, people taking pictures of things at the store because it was quite unique at the time mm -hmm. um, in terms of the mix of like, you can get to the front of the store, there's chocolate, but it's chocolate shaped tools. Like, no, it's, it's tool shaped chocolate. There was like expensive tuners. There was like really good books at the front from like Rizzoli. Um, it was just like a very well curated and like, store full of culture and taste level was high do you know what i mean is it still available now it's not no longer it's no longer there um it's it it was where carhartt is on shortage high street um just mm -hmm. across from sns but um yeah it was a great time i mean i met just blaze there like daniel c it was a really really random store like yeah. just to kind of like meet people like one, i don't know if you remember the brand called palladium yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. them boots everyone yeah. had them boots so we were stocking them <laughs> and then like they were like oh do you guys want to come out to berlin fashion week I was like, yeah cool so they flew us out. But this is me working in the store. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, everything paid for. Sitting down, show, met um, the son who plays a role in uh, Breaking Bad. Mm. He was walking in the show. It was such like random things like, that was happening, basically. But it's great experience as well. Like, But again, if I'd taken that role at Converse, maybe there's things I wouldn't have seen or things I wouldn't have been exposed to. I feel like things I learned at Present or things I understand from Present still help me to this day. Yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? There's, yeah. there's a taste level and just things that you can't, don't shake off you and I th I'm, I'm grateful for it. It's interesting as well because you've essentially become like a copywriter now. Yeah. And yeah. so you're doing that whilst being in the scene and getting, I guess, getting the clothes. Yeah, 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 you, yeah. Were you really defining, say, what your style is and what you're about? So, so again, sorry? Like, so because you were being a copywriter yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then you're working in the store, yeah, 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 you're understanding yeah, yeah. your style. So yeah. were you like really getting your your understanding of, say, what your skill set is oh, and how yeah, yeah, yeah. you create. 100%. So, like, I... So, once I understood that I was essentially a copywriter, um, I kind of understood what type of copy I could write. I wasn't a long-form writer because just traditionally that wasn't, like, the school of thought that I was coming from. It was more, like, on the creative copy side. So, like, a bit more sharp and snappy, but I realised I like to write things that I enjoyed as well. And, like, the... How can I put it? If there was like a, a very corporate approach to it, I was no good in it, basically. Mm. 
So I remember I wrote for the drop date for some time. Very few of those posts were good. A lot of them were very bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they, they were honest with me. They was like, you shouldn't be honest anymore. You should be doing this kind of stuff or whatever. But there were some posts that I did for like YouTube or um, drinks brands and all that kind of stuff or whatever that were very short and snappy and to the point, basically. Mm. Um, but then also, again, like I said, like you said, um, there was things that I was learning at the store. I was writing copy, learning about myself and also about style as well. That was very interesting as well. The store was very much a, a school of style. Like you came in and you dressed well. You had to. Yeah. Like it wasn't even like a set rule, but like you knew you had to like step the level up a little yeah. bit. Do you know what I mean? Like, and you'd get comments if you kind of looked a bit <laughs> off key as well, kind of thing. Do you know what I'm saying? But like everyone was at like, they had their own style. Couldn't copy someone too much because like, Get a bit of a yeah, get a bit look there. You, know you get a bit of a look. It's like, right, like you've been. You've been well, that's the, that's the thing because with with clothing and originality, but also borrowing, say, some elements of people. Like, how do you not? Yeah, how do you know? Nothing's hundred percent. But how do you know that your style is your style and not like copy from somebody else? If that so makes sense. I, I always say, I think most people, and they might not be able to see it, but everyone's inspired by things that they see around them. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You got this great T-shirt on today. I might not wear that grey t-shirt today, but I might find that colour because I'm like, it looks good. We've got a similar skin tone. It looks good. Yeah. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So I might find some um, some joggers like that or some trainers in that colourway or whatever and you've inspired my style right away. Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? So, but then there's also like, if I'm wearing, <laughs> if I'm wearing a blazer, I'm wearing a t-shirt and some shorts and I don't know, some loafers. And you wear the same thing tomorrow. You just copy my style, bro. <laughs> like you actually just copy my style. You're not, you're not even trying now. Do you yeah, get what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? But you can you can switch it up a little bit. Do you get what I'm saying? Like you, you can't say you own like you know the wearing the blazer. Do you get yeah. what I'm saying? Nobody can say that. But there's ways to switch it around. Get a different color. Maybe get oversized if you like or whatever. Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? Like twist up the flipping lapel if you like. Do you get what I'm saying? Little things, little bits and pieces, accessorize it or whatever. But I think there's ways to diversify it enough for people to not be like, okay, cool. You don't even have your own. Mm. But what about now though? Like in the general scene, because it does feel like a lot of people are dressed in the same. Oh, I feel like we're in a clone period, man. It's yeah. A bit, yeah. It's a bit sad because I think that's mainly because as well, um, Social media like levels everything, so mm -hmm. we're all seeing the same thing. Mm -hmm. Whereas like before, you had to go outside, see it, or just at home figure out what you want, what you want to wear. But mm -hmm. now you can like, okay, cool, I want to wear um, some Rick Owen shoes or whatever. But there's a particular style in which everyone's wearing Rick Owen now. So maybe even subconsciously you don't want to wear it that way, but because you've seen it so much you end up wearing it exactly yeah. how everyone else is wearing it. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, so it's a great thing because I think it, uh, is it democratizes like how style is mm -hmm. and like breaks the level of like, okay, cool, you can't attain this or you can't wear this or whatever. It makes it a level playing field for everybody. But at the same time, it makes it an echo chamber that's crazy. Yeah. We're seeing the same things regurgitated over and over. But it's also interesting you say that as well. I don't think there's been a period where everybody thinks that as individual as they are. Like, people think they're seriously individual right now when they're really not. I th do you think so? Everyone thinks they're individual. Everyone thinks they're, like, unique in their style. But do something different yeah. and you'll notice how similar everyone is because people love to comment on things that are different. Because I feel like everyone dresses the same. No, they do. You know? But like, this, is, yeah. this is my point. Wear something different, mm -hmm. people have that comment to make mm. straight away. Like, or they will look. Like, my, my, my litmus test is kind of going into a space, getting funny looks. Mm. Like I went to um, what's this place? I went to what's this podcast? Uh, Free shots tequila. Mm. I went to their thing at Royal Albert Hall, yeah. And I was wearing these ISPA Road Warrior shoes, yeah. Google them; they're mad. Yeah, <laughs> they're like a tabby shoe, but they look insane, yeah. Yeah. And I remember walking around and like just a lot of funny looks. Like, what have I got on my foot? But it's like that's strange to you because you're all looking the same. Do you get what I'm saying? But how does that make you feel? I'm fine with it. I'm happy. I love that stuff. If yeah. I, do you know what? My biggest ego toxic problem yeah. is walking into a room and knowing someone's wearing the same thing I've got on. That yeah. annoys me. I'm not going to lie. That actually annoys <laughs> me. Like walking in there. I love walking into a room and somebody not having a clue yeah, what, what I'm wearing. wearing. Do you get what I'm saying? Also, it's kind of safe as well because a lot of people are getting robbed these days. Yeah. So it's nice like, <laughs> talking to the space and nobody's like, your Chanel shirt could be the same price as my capital, but you just don't have a clue where it is basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I love that kind of thing. Like personally, but yeah, it's it's an interesting thing, man. Um, and I think as we as we grow older, 
Um, I feel like we should be kind of embedded in our own comfortable style, but mm. I guess also as well, people want to fit in. Do you know what I mean? It's easy to fit in. Yeah, and it's interesting you say that because when it comes to streetwear, it's like what everyone wears now. Yeah, and I feel like the spectrum of what streetwear is has just grown so much larger. Yeah, and um, the thing that's crazy for me and I will never understand is the price tag. Yeah, it's so expensive for like simple t-shirts can cost yeah. like three, four hundred pounds. It's mad. I feel. I feel like. The pricing now is only seen at a normal place with brands who are grassroots. Mm -hmm. So if we take Cortez, for example, like I didn't realize until recently when I went on their website that it's actually quite affordable. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's obviously the resale that kind of smacks everything out of the park mm -hmm. or brands like Figures. Like this, they're pricing things at very good prices. But if you go to the more established streetwear brands, yeah, you, you can't get a t-shirt for sixty pounds. No. Like, like 60, 70. Yeah, it's probably more more than Mark. But then also, again, it's like like you said, streetwear is now a broad spectrum of things. So every brand has an offshoot of streetwear now. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Even though they might not have any skin in the game, they've got a graphic tee, mm -hmm. they've got some joggers, they've got a hoodie or whatever. But what they're pricing it at is, is not streetwear it's prices. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. What do you think about when brands do that? Oh, man. Like, it's, it's a really interesting thing, man. I think, obviously... Fashion and like streetwear should always like evolve mm. and grow, but I think if you really wanna like the the crux of it is like you make these lines so that a younger or a less well a less financially like kind of um what's the word um someone who hasn't got as much money can tap into your brand basically at a lower level, but like if that lower level was still at like a ridiculous price, like what is the purpose of that? Do you know what I mean? And like I feel like inspiration for Fashion always, for me, starts at like the ground level, and then it like trickles upwards. Yeah. Personally, unless you're talking about luxe brands who have always like kind of existed in a certain space, but even then, like I said on one show before, it's like a lot of time people take things from luxury brands and bring it into their spaces and like interpret it as well. Mm -hmm. But when you're creating for the grassroots people and making it expensive, it's kind of redundant. I feel like they're not catering to the grassroots people. You yeah, know? I reckon. Nah, I feel. Someone said this recently. They feel like there's, yeah. they're creating like a like a su like a. It's, it's their sub. It's like a market within a market. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Because they can't get in unless you, you have a certain press. Exactly. Yeah. Because, let's be honest, the person who, um, the person who works in banking, for example, yeah, they might like nice stuff and mm. they want to spend a certain amount on certain types of clothing, right? Mm. And they like certain clothes that people see that people wear and the rest of it so then for them they don't want to they might not want to switch brands yeah. or they at least want to have say let me have the dior version of this oversized t-shirt yeah, yeah, yeah or yeah, yeah, let me because some because yeah. some even like um is it oh, louboutin yeah yeah they just released some trainers which look like jordans yeah yeah mad ugly <laughs> <laughs> so ugly yeah i get what you're saying that's a good point yeah so like and, it's, but who, and you know it's not for people who collect yeah, Jordans, are they? Yeah, yeah, They're for yeah. people who want to say that... So the oh, brand is making its own ecosystem. It's their own ecosystem. Yeah. and their own people who want to, who have like basically, for lack of a better word, fuck you money. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And they yeah. want to be able to spend it on cool looking items, but yeah. also to say that, oh, this is from X brand. Yeah, you know? that's a good point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it also gives, and from a grassroots perspective, then maybe it gives like the line of aspirational, right? So... Well, that's what it always should be. Yeah. yeah. It should always be, I feel like... This is mm -hmm. the thing to attain, but now it's like that's not even the thing to attain anymore. Yeah, because I think there's so many more brands that are like younger, newer, and are doing much better stuff. Yeah, but definitely. Then, but then I wonder, like now, because growing up, it was all about brands yeah, yeah, compared yeah. to what you wear. Now, do you think that shifted more about what you wear, how you wear, rather than the brand that you wear? Oh, I feel like yeah, people. Because I feel like brands had a stronger mission and ethos, basically, that you could st stand by. Do you get what I mean? Um, like, you knew the the kind of marketing aspect that came with, like, wearing certain brands, basically. You know how it made you feel. Yeah. I feel like things are being released at such a rate where we don't have enough time to even sit with it to know yeah. what we're interpreting it as for a specific age group. Whereas, like, certain items, like, spoke to an era. So, like, you know, if you saw a shot jacket... That was a period, do you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And it spoke to a certain age group, basically, and they can interpret, like, what the different colours were, um, what the different materials were as well. Or, like, it really speaks to that period. Um, but now it's like, everything's coming out so fast. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't give people time to grow with things or even, like, adopt it into their... 
Yeah. That's a good point. Because even when I think about trainers, right, yeah. and iconic trainers, so like when we were in school, you knew what a Nymax 90s is, yeah, you know what Nymax 97s, yeah, yeah, yeah. you knew the dance, you knew this. And now new trainers that come out, how memorable are they? Yeah, like yeah. how, no, when I say memorable, and then like how often is it likely where they can define like a specific period of time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if we go with jackets as well, like I remember how old I was when I wanted a shot hoodie yeah, and I wanted yeah, a shot jacket yeah. or when I was wearing like the Winnie the Pooh bags, yeah, like these little yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. So, but now I think you hit a point. It's like, there aren't these culturally defined moments of clothing anymore. Maybe style as a whole, yeah. but not a timing period where everyone's yeah, got this it's like kind of too, like, do you remember even those NBA jackets that Foot Locker yeah, sold? Yeah, yeah. Like the, that was like a, it was really a defining mm-hmm. moment. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's like, the no fear hats. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> really, really defining moments. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, it's it's tough. I don't know what, I don't know if like the, if the uh, the production stuff needs to slow down. Well, that's the thing because even with the production stuff, I feel like production is limited. So yeah, true. let's just say. You is production have, limited or is it demand too high? Let's say it's both. Yeah. Because let's just say, for example, they're going to release this new exclusive trainer or jacket. Now, they won't let it just sell out and yeah, become saturated. It just yeah. won't because they want it to be exclusive. Yeah. And then you have the resale market. And even then, people who have these bots, they'll buy like a thousand pair of these jackets. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, no one really has an opportunity to enjoy it. So yeah, maybe there's actually quite a few layers to this, you know? Yeah, I don't think, yeah. I think sometimes when these conversations happen about like what yeah. state of like the market, people have these like one word or that paragraphs that they think summarize. It's not so simple. Yeah. It's really, really not so simple. I think it's, it's layered heavily. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And a lot has changed as well. And I think people are looking at things in the eyes in which we're still in 2000s or 90s. It's, it's different times mm-hmm. entirely. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because with resales, like what do you see the pros and cons with like limited drops and I mean, stuff? like... For for resellers, like um, I think the market is very different for them. Mm-hmm. Like um, from what I can see, anyway, basically they are not in twenty twenty anymore, where everything was like selling for a thousand, fifteen k or whatever. Um, now that I think releases are becoming more um, present, things are going down, and also maybe people just are refusing to pay those mm-hmm. prices as well. Me personally, I won't pay resale. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll pay as close to retail as I can. Um, I just I can't bring myself to do it um, and then I, I don't know if there's any pros at the moment man because it just seems like a, a market that is open to all in terms of like if you're entrepreneurial hats yeah. off to you do you know yeah. what I mean like make your money and a lot of kids are do you know what I'm saying so you could probably become a reseller now before you can get a job so I can't be I can't fault you do you know what I mean you're making your money legally do you're your not thing. hurting anybody you're doing your thing in terms of what it does the culture of like um fashion or sneakers or whatever it is it means that anybody who doesn't even care about like those things can get involved as well mm-hmm. do you know what i mean so then it makes it super consumer yeah do you know what i mean it just i don't know it changes the the feel of it completely but again like i said it's it's a viable way of living like for most people for a lot of people it's like you are an entrepreneur mm. to, in a degree if you're doing that as well it just depends on how you're doing it if you're Using bots to like cheat the system and that problem. that is yeah that is a problem. Do you know what I mean? Because the access that you have. Because I always say to people, I'm like, people always look at like bots as like one way. It's like if you have a bot or you have a way of breaking into a system, mm. getting the shoes is one thing, but like getting the information is a whole other ball game. What do you mean by that? Is in like if you know like the the details of like what's to come or details of company expenditure or um, classified information as well. Mm. Do you get what I mean? Insider trading. Insider trading. There's a lot of stories about that. Do you like, get what I mean? um, it's mad. Yeah, there's a, there's that woman, can't even say it? Yeah, I can tell you this. Yeah, it's public news anyway. Um, a woman, I think she worked at Nike, senior leader, her son was like, have you heard the story? Yeah. Her son <laughs> yeah. was like um, buying crazy amount of trainers, selling it. Um, I think she lost her job eventually. Yeah, I think she was, yeah. yeah. Something happened where she's no longer here. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's the best, that's the right thing to do. But yeah. on the problem with resales for me is that it makes the simple trainers hard to get. Yeah. Like, I remember I got a notification from the sneakers app that these new um, Varsity Red, Red and White dance yeah, yeah, online. Yeah, yeah. I was gassed. Woke up, bought it straight away yeah. and it came through. I was excited. Then I started seeing some wrong things happening mm. because usually Nike will deliver with um, DPD. Mm. 
this time it was with every aka Hermes. <laughs> At the time, I remember I was watching like TikTok Hermes. videos of people getting stolen. But I was like, yeah, me, yeah. I'm a child of God. It's not gonna be yeah, my portion. Yeah, I prayed over it. Really. <laughs> I prayed over it. Yeah. But then I was like, okay, it's been a week. It yeah. hasn't. It still hasn't moved. Like yeah, yeah. it's in the it's in the depot. It's in Hermes factory. But it hasn't yeah, moved. Yeah. So I'm like emailing them, texting them. And you know, it's so hard to get through to anybody. Yeah. So it took a good like three, four days before someone got back to me and they said, oh, we're going to do an investigation. Oh, Cut long three short, they couldn't find it. Now I told Nike this and Nike was like, oh, we're really sorry. Here's your money back. So they gave me back my money. Yeah, but yeah. I want the trainers. The products, yeah. Because the trainers were now worth like about 170 or 180. Yeah, you don't want to pay that. Yeah. I'm not paying that. Yeah. You know? And it's, there's been other times where I've bought trainers and... um the bag looks like they've ripped it to see what's inside. Yeah, man, it's it's a it's a really treacherous game with like these delivery companies. Man, the it's mad. There was a kid. I remember seeing something online about like someone being taken to court or being arrested from UPS. Wow. In the states, where like they had a whole operation basically. Oh which, yes, yeah, I yeah, yeah. I saw that one. It's pretty mad. Yeah. So yeah, yeah again. <laughs> Resell, like I said, resell opens the gate to everybody and yeah, anybody, yeah, yeah. including the people that are delivering your product as well. So mm-hmm. in that side, I don't know if there's any pros, like it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> like I want to, if I order something, I want it to come to my house. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, there is that that side. That's mad. Um, and obviously, you start seeing those videos of like people make memes of what people who deliver for Hermes do, like just dashing yeah, your just box, dashing like, the box with it. putting it anywhere, kicking it, and all that kind of stuff or whatever. Looking inside of it before they give it to mm-hmm. you. It's mad. It's so, so obviously, now you work at. Um, work at night, right? Yeah. And you do the live streams of the sneaker show. How has that been in terms of giving you an insight in terms of like how consumers are consuming information? Uh, it's interesting, man. Yeah. It's super And how have you seen your own development over time grow from so, copywriting to this? I think it's really, really, it's really interesting. So like I get to see like the backend stuff, like dashboards and all that kind of stuff, but I also get to see what people are saying online, mm. basically. So. I always rush to Twitter and Instagram to see what people have said after a show. Because after time, they, they use a hashtag called Sneakers Live Heating Up to kind of make their comments or whatever. Or just you kind of notice on the timeline people are talking about the same thing. After like an hour or so, you'll lose that kind of, um, that a that, uh, bunch of people that are, are talking about in that period because your timeline will go mm. and then you have to really, really search and get some known. But you learn so much, man. Like you learn how much people know, how much they don't know how rumors are spread by listening wrongly. (laughs) Um, You learn how people are um, tied to certain products, like even culturally as well, um, and how important it is for them to like hear these stories for the first time as well. Um, I think you also hear, you kind of learn as well about like people who don't actually care as well, which is something that a lot of brands I think should definitely start paying attention to because sometimes some consumers you shouldn't listen to. Like I think they're the bad actors, I'd say. Like um, recently, a guy called Spanto, who has a brand called Born and Raised, passed away tragically. And the conversation came around about, okay, like, what's going to happen with these shoes? Are they going to postpone the dates and all this kind of stuff? And I read a comment where someone was like, oh, they're probably going to postpone it. And someone was like, the guy just died. Like, why do you care about that? And he was like, I don't care. Like, I just want the shoes. And it's like, wow, that's mad. Do you know what I'm saying? It's crazy. So you get to see all these things. And also you get to connect to people in a positive way as well. Some people really, really are dedicated to watching and it. And during lockdown time, it really helped a lot of people get through as well. So then I learned that, you know, repeatable content is an amazing thing. Mm. Um, humanizing content is an amazing thing as well. When you have like a big company like Nike, Nike, being able to have someone that is real, that you can see, like sometimes I'll get stopped in the street, like speak to people, give time to them as well, which is always amazing. Or I'll be at events and sometimes people are shocked that I'm even talking to them or I'll mm. respond in a DM that's like, I didn't think he was going to respond. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, why would I know? If I've got time, I'll do it. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's a great, great learning. I think I would love to like definitely maybe in the future develop my role into something that helps to understand the consumer behaviors more yeah for sure um and then how that maybe affects how they um relate with product as well so that would be interesting to see how that goes as well um because yeah there's so much stuff like that just immediately is just like in my face with like mm. the consumer so yeah man would definitely love to like have something along, along that line yeah have you seen like habits change over time you today oh man i feel like um there isn't any, I don't think there's communities anymore, man. I, I think it's hard to, to, to say that there's, yeah. The, the consumer, what do you mean by that? What do you mean? The consumer doesn't have like a, a community that it kind of can attach to in terms of like 
we're into this and sneakers. Mm. It's like everyone's super fixated on sneakers and they don't really do anything else outside of that at the moment. You do have some people who are into sports and sneakers as well, but then like bridging that gap of, okay, cool, this is what you stand for, this is what you guys believe in, this is where you guys meet up, you chill and all that kind of stuff or whatever. I don't think you're having those like subcultures anymore. Like and it's quite evident as well with the way that people are reacting mm. to certain products as well. Um, but again, I think it's a sign of times as well. Like I, I don't know if because of things like maybe socials or maybe subcultures are born out of like testing times. Maybe we'll see one because we're in a recession now. Yeah, that's interesting, you know, yeah. because um, it's like, because it's essentially it's saying, it, like, correct me if I'm wrong, if you have, say, people who play football and they like trainers, then you'll see a particular type of trainers only footballers would wear them, yeah, for example. Yeah. Whereas now you might see footballers wear dunks, you see fashionistas wearing dunks, yeah, you see yeah, yeah. Essex cut people wearing dunks. Of course, like, yeah, 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 that, yeah, 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 like, yeah. Okay, that's yeah. a very good but point. But there yeah. isn't like a group of people who are, this is our shoe, Mm. This is how we dress. Mm. They're varied in their own individual right, but you know that this is their community. I haven't seen that in a long time. Interesting. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, there is. I don't think there's even. Is there emos anymore? Yeah, that's all. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Maybe they're the lost community then. Maybe. Do you know the what last mean? one that's untouched. You know yeah. <laughs> but even then, they're still obviously got have like, like skate community, but skates like yeah. skates a sport. Yeah. Do you know what sport, I mean? Yeah. Definitely a community because it's amazing what they have, but it's definitely a sport as well. Mm. But. Um, yeah, things like mods or like, you know, emos and all that kind of stuff or whatever. I don't know if there's like a uniform that people wear that mm. isn't trend-led, but just true to what they are into and sentimental with. Mm. Like, I don't think that exists right now. And what about collaborations? Like, what role do you see brands doing? Oh, with man, I feel like so it's... Because they've always done the big ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But looking at, say, what happened with Nike and Cortez. Yeah. Cortez, rather. I think there's something there. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's an, ex that's what, that's what collaboration should always look like. Mm. I don't think that always happens. Like, we've seen, like, um, what did we see in the last few years? We've seen Balenciaga Gucci. We've seen Fendi Fila. Some of these collaborations don't really have a foundation or that like they don't have a narrative that they're telling. There's mm. not something that's being brought from one side and brought to the other. It's like, okay, cool. That's the thing to do. So let's just, let's just do it. Let's just do it. Do you get what I'm saying? Before, like it, or I don't want to say before, but some of the things that I really liked about collaborations was, oh my gosh, I don't even know. I didn't even think these two brands would even like mm. sit together. So it's a surprise. And then also when they do sit together, it's like, okay, cool. We're lending our material to your understanding of cuts, maybe. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Or we're lending our storytelling um, through graphics and design to your, um, I don't know, your mills or whatever. Do you know what I'm saying? There's like a, it was also like, always like a nice kind of partnering together. Now those stories aren't happening so much and it feels like uh, collaboration is like just part of the season that you so do. money grab as yeah, well. Yeah, it hasn't, it, hasn't, it hasn't got anything special about it anymore. But I would say like, I think, we probably will start seeing less of those big high fashion collaborations and start seeing brands looking at the ground level for grassroots brands mm -hmm. because that's what people want to relate to now. Do you know what I mean? Um, that's where it's fresh as well. It's like you don't really want to see any more of these like big name ones. It's already done now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But if you could see somebody who's like you in Paris, like collaborating with a big brand, you're going to be happy for them. No, do you know right what I mean? And if you watch their journey, you're like, shit. He got there. Do you get what I'm saying? Like you want to applaud that. Do you get what I'm saying? Or like even there's there's um the skateboard brands in Nigeria now. I've seen one of them. I think they teased the tea with Stussy, and I was like, that's hard. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Because where are you skating in Nigeria? Yeah. Like it's mad. And that's yeah, I like that because you're giving everyone a platform. Yeah. And everyone can collaborate. Do you get what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. stuff like that, I really like. But I don't know, man. A lot of these big brands is like doing the collaboration thing it's it's a bit weird now man like i feel like there's a role that they play that they've forgotten maybe yeah, yeah. Do you know what i mean and now they're like they're scrambling a lot of the time now it's crazy so i've got a couple of quick fire questions go, go. for you yeah so for someone who is struggling to say find their originality or their uniqueness or to have more confidence what word of advice would you give them um you got to find what you love to do and you got to find what you love to do without um you'll do it without getting paid obviously always think about money like because i hate when people are like i don't care about money shut up like <laughs> you wake up and money's coming out your account 
Yeah. yeah. So find what you love to do immediately. That's I think that's the crux of where you will find your originality. Find what you like to do um, without shame. Like you can say it um, and do it anywhere. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like you, you're not wavering for it at all. I think once you start questioning or trying to explain what you like too much, maybe that's not for you. But something that comes naturally to you. It might sound silly. It might sound small. But that is what is for you, basically. And then once you've clocked that, start to nurture it. Like get better at it. Become an expert at it. Do you know what I mean? I think um, someone said to me, or something that's been said, like um, hard work will go further than talent. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like we've we've seen even in the UK, for example, like there's some rappers who have gone past some people who we thought were going to be like the champions in the charts, basically. But because of consistency and yeah. hard work. They're at the top. They might not be the best rappers, but they've been consistent for a long time. And yeah. You have to respect that. And that beats talent every single time. So, yeah, I think, yeah, be a master of whatever you love to do and what you can do without shame. Awesome. Um, one piece of advice that you wish you heard earlier. Um, you should be working in fashion. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I heard that much earlier. Um, no, I think, yeah, that... That and also starting off um, something just on my own accord because sometimes you feel like you need to have all the pieces together. It's like, oh, yeah, um, before I start writing, I need to be able to write for a magazine or mm. before I start designing, I need to be able to work for a clothing brand or I need to have money to like actually get the pieces together. It's like, start designing, make a lookbook. Yeah. Um, maybe one of your friends like is good at like pattern cutting you don't even know basically mm. start speaking to them like collaborate with your mates like do you know what I mean at a, at a low level do you know what I mean um, but yeah I think I would have taken that advice of like going to fashion like yeah and um, if you were to do a collaboration one sneaker line who would you collab with? Uh, I'd definitely do Nike obviously mm -hmm. um, I would I would always say a 95 but that's too easy because I love that shoe and I feel like that's just like a London shoe but I would collaborate with specifically with the ISPA team like they are the most forward thinking ISPA yeah so it's, it's a improvised scavenge protect adapt that's what it stands for but it's a team in Nike um, the most forward thinking futuristic kind of stuff I've seen in any market for for apparel and also well yeah, for apparel and sneakers, I'd say, mm. for sure. Um, the designers are incredible, and I think some of the stuff that they're doing will definitely change the scope of what innovation looks like for Nike, and it is changing it. I would definitely work on something with them. Like, it's, it's yeah, next level. I didn't go to Paris, and I think that's where a lot of um, people saw things for seasons ahead with mm. fashion and everything. Uh, but Nike had a showroom, and I keep being told about a jacket that turned into a tent, which is crazy. <laughs> that sounds mad. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Just things like that. So, yeah, I would definitely work with ISPA. That section of Nike is incredible. Yeah, I forgot to even ask you this question. Like, what would you say are your main edges as a content creator? I'd say originality yeah. and my authenticity to just be me. A lot of times people cannot be themselves and it's, everyone's putting on a show. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I definitely feel like I have a tone of voice that simmers people and makes them feel at ease. Yeah. For sure. Um, <laughs> <Ladies> <laughs> <man>. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think I've, yeah I've noticed that in terms of like we when we we went to we went to Copenhagen recently and we sat down with like a lot of skaters for Copenhagen Opens like one of the biggest skate tournaments um, in the year and a lot of people like don't feel comfortable talking in front of the camera or whatever. By the time the camera's on, they've forgotten they've even said that mm. because I'm mindful that like, okay, cool, I need to just make you feel comfortable. So let's just talk about whatever you want to talk about and also listen yeah. as well. So by the time the camera's on. And like, oh shit, it's done. Like, yes. I was like, yeah, it's calm. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> cool. Um, so yeah, how, where can people find you? Um, Will Stowe, Will, Will Stowe, HOS on everything. Um, I've got Instagram mainly, Twitter, I'm there as well. I'm only just scoping stupid things that people are saying. So Twitter's <laughs> a very interesting place. Uh, I'm on TikTok, but again, mainly just scoping people. Uh, but yeah, Instagram's a place. I will be, I don't have a date for it, but I will start a newsletter soon. It'll probably be called House of Stowe or Wolf Stowe HOS. But you'll get to know a bit more about like, things that I like 
and then kind of things that I'm into. And then my comments on like things that happen as well. I think mm. like maybe sometimes characters on Twitter are not enough or Instagram doesn't allow for like long form and all that kind of stuff. So a newsletter is like, I can really cultivate a community and like speak to them whenever I want. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah definitely. The first You've got to hold me to that because yeah, <laughs> I say a lot of things sometimes and I don't actually get to it. So yeah. Nah, you got this, man. Definitely. Appreciate the time, my bro. Nah, thank you, bro. Let's. Appreciate you coming. Cool. <laughs> <laughs>